Hi guys, I'm Roy. And I'm Varsha. We're Healthcare Technologies Master's students at King's and we'll be taking over the Radio Nuclear podcast this week. In this episode, we'll dive into the world of artificial intelligence, or AI, in medicine, and specifically the concept of FAIR AI. We chatted to Dr Andy King from the School of Biomedical Engineering and Imaging Sciences at King's College London to explore why this is so important. Dr King is a distinguished reader in the department whose research focus is on machine learning and medical image analysis. He's also an excellent lecturer. We were lucky enough to be taught by him during our undergraduate degree for our computer programming classes. When we spoke to him, we aimed to cover topics you brought up in our pre-podcast survey. So to begin with, what is artificial intelligence? Well, Microsoft Azure defines artificial intelligence, or AI, as the capability of a computer system to mimic human cognitive functions. So essentially, If a computer system is able to learn and problem solve using logic and maths to try and replicate how people learn from experiences and information. And another term that is usually interchanged with AI is machine learning, but while they are related, they're not the same. Machine learning is a section of AI, or an application of it, where a computer uses mathematical data models to learn without clear instructions. The computer can then iterate and sort of keep improving depending on its experience. AI has so many vast applications across so many different industries, such as marketing, banking, and healthcare, of course. It is particularly useful when there is so much data available in these fields that can be used to make the best decision possible. We'll briefly hand over to Marina, a fellow master's student with a strong clinical background in radiology, to provide a bit more on how AI is used in healthcare. Thank you, Roy and Varsha. As you both said, AI has already found its way into healthcare in simple things like apps. For example, we have apps that can determine which a has the shortest patient queues at any one time and also show you preferred travel time to get there. There are many areas actually where AI can make an impact in healthcare. So it can be cancer detection through pattern recognition, patient triage support, or providing an efficient platform to accelerate clinical trials. Consider also medical imaging. While AI has played a role in radiology in the past decade, its use has really expanded in recent times. Just a few months ago, we researched a new AI-driven tech for breast cancer screening, which actually won an NHSX award. That, powered by deep learning analytical techniques automated software, improves the accuracy of breast cancer detection as well as lowers patient's recall rates and also optimizes the workflow of the imaging department. Double reading is a golden standard in breast cancer screening when each image is analyzed by two radiologists to safeguard against misdiagnosis. If the discussed AI technology adapted to clinical practice, it could address the shortage of radiologists effectively by acting as a second reader as a part of the double reading process. And for the patient, of course, this is good news because of a faster diagnosis and reduced delays in treatment. AI can become a very powerful tool for clinicians. But of course, when you develop a new AI-based solution, there are many ethical considerations that must be taken into account. Things like making sure that AI is bias-free, has a high level of data safety, and most importantly, working as we expected it to. So clearly, AI has its advantages in terms of automation and allowing time and resources to be saved. An example that demonstrates this well is optical character recognition, and this can be used to digitize handwritten notes like clinician's notes. 
This can be done by a computer system rather than someone having to manually type that up, which obviously saves a lot of time, even if there are minor corrections to be made. To make the most of the advantages in AI, it is really important to have a way of assessing its performance. In his BBC Reef lectures, Living with Artificial Intelligence, the computer scientist Stuart Russell talks about what success in AI actually means. Human intelligence is defined as humans are intelligent to the extent that our actions can be expected to achieve our objectives. This draws an interesting relationship, actually equating intelligence with the achievement of objectives. Russell goes on to quote Aristotle, who spoke of a similar relationship. We deliberate not about ends, but about means. A doctor does not deliberate whether he shall heal. They assume the end and consider how and by what means it is attained. In the world of AI, intelligence in machines has been defined in the same way. Machines are intelligent to the extent that their actions can be expected to achieve their objectives. And Russell explains that because machines, unlike humans, have no objectives of their own, we give them objectives to achieve. In other words, we build objective achieving machines, we feed objectives into them, or we specialize them for particular objectives, and off they go. But there are things that need to be carefully considered before drawing conclusions from AI outputs. So for example, when a computer system is learning, all its learning will be based on a training dataset. If that dataset is inaccurate, then the computer will obviously provide wrong outputs and recommendations. It may not even be a case of a training dataset just being inaccurate. It could also be incomplete or not representative enough, meaning that the applications of an AI algorithm may not be as wide. Or if it's used to make predictions on more varied data, it is less likely to be correct. This is what a relatively new branch of AI called Fair AI aims to avoid. It aims to regulate AI and avoid biases that can lead to incorrect conclusions. Particularly in healthcare, you can imagine this is really important. We asked Dr. King when speaking to him what he considered some of the implications of bias in the medical field to be. So I think bias in medicine is really critically important. Um, in other fields such as computer vision, there's been a lot of attention on bias in AI, both in the media and in research. And there have been some notable successes in terms of highlighting and reducing bias. Now, in these applications, bias is undoubtedly important. For example, it's clearly not desirable for facial recognition software to be biased because it could lead to some protected groups such as races being misidentified more often and their lives could be adversely affected as a result. But in medicine, the impact of bias could be even more extreme. So if a patient's misdiagnosed because of a biased AI system, it could result in them being denied life-saving treatment or even being given the wrong treatment for their condition. So this could literally be a question of life or death for them. So to give a concrete example, we've been working on using AI to estimate the health and function of the heart from MRI images. And in this area, functional metrics such as ejection fraction are used to inform patient treatment. So if your ejection fraction is below a certain threshold, you can be classified as having heart failure. And this leads to a particular patient uh, a treatment pathway. And we've shown that an AI tool for estimating ejection fraction that's naively trained on racially imbalanced data will have a higher error for underrepresented races. And this in turn would lead to higher misdiagnosis rates for those groups. And this is really concerning because there are already commercial tools available for performing this task. Currently they're used with clinician oversight so a doctor can correct any errors that he or she sees. But I think that in time, doctors will start to trust these tools more and provide less oversight on their outputs. So it's really important that we make people aware of the potential biases in these outputs. It is shocking to think about. 
it really is quite scary. Because once you have those features in the images that can identify race, then there is the potential for models to be biased. And the implications of that are huge. Biased AI systems are definitely a threat to any industry, but their applications in healthcare really highlight this. Especially considering the direct impact they can have on people's lives, in terms of it literally being life or death. I think in general, we're also starting to realise that modern medicine isn't universally fair. And this is something that Dr King also mentions in his blog. We asked him his thoughts on some significant problems contributing to this. So this is one thing that I found quite surprising. When I first started to look into the idea of fairness in AI, I spoke to clinical colleagues about the issue of bias and fairness in medicine. And what I learned was that many aspects of modern medicine are already fundamentally unfair and that this is almost common knowledge amongst doctors. In many clinical domains, it's well understood that certain groups receive lower quality healthcare than others. And this applies in particular to women and some racial groups. And this leads in turn to significant health inequalities. Now, there are many reasons for these inequalities, but a significant contributing factor is known to be underrepresentation of these groups in health data sets. Traditionally, clinical guidelines and treatment decisions have been based on these data sets. So if the data set is in balance, this could lead to guidelines that are good for a majority group, but less good for others. And a very simple example of this is BMI or body mass index. This is used as a measure of people's health and clinical decisions are sometimes made based on patients' BMI but the normal ranges for BMI were defined by looking at mostly white males. So it's probably not such a good indicator of health for other protected groups, such as women and other races. Of course, it's an oversimplification to say that imbalanced health datasets are the only problem when it comes to healthcare inequalities. There are many reasons for these inequalities, but data imbalance is one area where I think AI can potentially help. I think the reason why inequalities in the healthcare system have persisted for so long is that clinicians have seen the solution as being to acquire more representative data sets, which is actually much more difficult than it sounds. Now, don't get me wrong, I think that acquiring more representative data sets is definitely something that we should try to do. But the point is that we don't have to wait until that problem is solved before addressing the issue of bias. Fair AI could give us some of the tools that we need to address this issue without the need for perfectly representative data sets. There was even that case where a woman named Ahia Red was incorrectly assessed based on her BMI, and as Dr King pointed out, this was mainly decided based on a specific cohort of white males and their socioeconomic impacts of this. I believe she had to pay $800 for a therapist and dietitian incorrectly. This really highlights some of the biases in medicine. There is this concept though of fair AI, which while it is relatively new, it essentially aims to ensure that there aren't algorithmic biases disadvantaging certain groups. And as you can imagine, this is even more critical in healthcare. Yeah, exactly. I think the example of BMI really puts it into perspective. There's real people being affected by these AI models, and there are real-world consequences to unfair AI. I think anecdotes like these show that race and ethnicity can actually influence your quality of healthcare received, especially when we're sticking to only one definition of what fair AI should look like. It shouldn't just be a one-size-fits-all. This prompted us to ask Dr. King about the feasibility of using different definitions of fair AI based on how appropriate they were in clinical practice. So this is perhaps one reason why fair AI in medicine is not progressing as fast as in other fields. In other areas, and I would again highlight computer vision and applications such as facial recognition, it's usually quite clear what we mean by bias and fairness. It seems fairly straightforward that when deploying facial recognition software, 
it should perform equally well for all protected groups. In other words, given an equal number of, say, black and white people, we want the recognition accuracy to be the same for each group and obviously as high as possible. But in medicine, I think things are a bit more complex than this. So if we take as an example an AI diagnosis tool, given an equal number of black and white people, do we want equal numbers from each group to be diagnosed with the disease? What if the disease is naturally more prevalent in one of those groups? And this is actually the case for many diseases. In fact, doctors are not blind to protected group status. Race and sex are factors that are considered by doctors every day when diagnosing diseases and making decisions about treatment. And that's not a bad thing. So why would we want AI to ignore this information? We can even start to question whether it's ethical to completely remove bias in medical AI in the first place. Suppose we have an AI tool which is biased and performs much better for, say, white males than for other protected groups. Do we want to replace this with a fairer tool that performs better for the other groups, but worse for white males? In other words, are we comfortable with potentially harming patients from the majority group in our pursuit of fairness? In fact, in the AI literature, there are many definitions of fairness. And it may be that one or more of those might be applicable to medicine, but I think exactly which uh, definition we use is more of an ethical question that needs some discussion with certainly doctors and probably other stakeholders as well. Dr. King also did speak in his article about not always having access to the relevant data needed to train models without biases. He gave his thoughts on any suggestions for researchers or the healthcare system in general to overcome this limitation. You need to recognise that the situation in medicine is more complex than in computer vision, so the fixes may not be as quick. So, for example, in an early paper on fairness in computer vision by Joy Broilamwini and Tim Nagabru, they found race bias due to imbalance in the training data in gender classification software. And in their case, they were able to relatively easy, easily curate a new racially balanced data set just by accessing images from the internet. But acquiring medical imaging data sets is much more complex and time consuming. It typically involves accessing funding, securing ethical approval, acquiring data using sometimes expensive equipment, and then storing and anonymizing a range of clinical information as well as the images themselves. And that whole process can take months or even years. So the fix will not come overnight, but it's an essential first step to include demographic data in these data sets. Otherwise, looking for bias in medical AI is like looking for something that you've lost whilst wearing a blindfold. Once we have that data that we need, an important next step will be to encourage or even enforce researchers to publish performance of their algorithms by protected group status. And there are precedents for this kind of thing. There are several research funders that now insist that the research they fund must be accompanied by a data access statement to indicate where the research data can be accessed or justifying why it can't be made available. And similar obligations have been included in the submission systems of several academic conferences. So the next step would be to oblige researchers to make use of the demographic data that have been collected and made available and to report performance of their algorithms in an open and transparent way by protected group status. With some of these questions that arise in trying to implement fair AI, we asked Dr. King who he thinks should be involved in the decision-making process. How involved does he think each party should be? What sort of steps does he think would form parts of the decision-making process? Well, I think it certainly shouldn't be just people like me. I'm a, I'm a computer scientist, and what I do is develop algorithms to achieve certain objectives, but I need to know what those objectives are. 
as I said earlier, I think defining what we mean by bias and fairness in a medical context is more of an ethical question. And so I think a wide range of stakeholders should be involved in a conversation about these issues. And this could and should involve medical ethicists, doctors, patients, and even members of wider society. My main concern at the moment is that I don't see this conversation happening much. And if this doesn't happen, then it will probably be left up to people like me to define what we think would be an appropriate research direction. And I want this to be a much more inclusive conversation. In terms of the future of AI, we spoke to Dr. King about what he believes it would look like in a medical context and how these principles can be applied to other industries. In a way, I think medicine is playing catch up with other industries. So I've already spoken about how fairness in computer vision has received a lot more attention than fairness in medicine. But perhaps this is understandable due to the higher complexity of acquiring data sets and the complexities in defining what we mean by bias and fairness in medicine in the first place. But still, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. There does seem to be a growing awareness and interest in fair AI for medicine. And I think doctors are mostly quite a receptive audience, given what they know already about healthcare inequalities. I would like to think that if I could look 10 to 20 years into the future, I would see a lot more focus on fairness in medicine in, and in AI in particular. The increasing role of AI in medicine is actually not a threat. It's a big opportunity to address an existing issue of healthcare inequality in medicine. And this has been around for decades or even centuries, and it's never really been satisfactorily addressed. But fair AI could give us the tools that we need to address this issue. But we should be aware that this is not just going to happen on its own. We need to make it happen by raising awareness of the issue of bias in medicine and AI and having discussions about how to shape the future direction of research in AI for medicine. And maybe this podcast is one step along this road. taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope it was helpful in answering some of your questions we definitely found it interesting to delve into the subject of fair ai and to hear dr king's thoughts we'd like to thank dr andy king for being a brilliant and engaging guest on our episode if you want to find out more on fair ai we highly recommend his blogs and we'd also like to give a special thanks to dom for his help and aiden for letting us hijack his platform we definitely recommend checking out his radio nuclear podcast If you're interested in learning how technology like computer science and radiobiology play a big role in modern medicine. This episode is brought to you by ourselves and the rest of our group, Ingrid, Manisha and Marina. Finally, we would really appreciate if you could take a few minutes to leave feedback on our survey. Thank you and goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.